When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to NFL Live, presented by Intuit TurboTax. Hey, Wild Card Weekend is here. It all starts tomorrow as 14 teams have their eyes on Super Bowl 57 in Arizona. We're just a day away from finding out at least part of who's going to be narrowed down. These games carry on into Sunday and Monday with Cowboys and Bucks right here on ESPN. So who's going to be in the Super Bowl? We'll know soon. Uh, it's a Friday on NFL Live, so you know you're in for a treat. You see it right there. Phil Yates, Mita Kimes, Marcus Spears, Ryan Clark joining us for this hour as well. We're going to be making some picks throughout to find out who we're taking this weekend. Some really spicy ones. Let's begin with Field, though. Some massive injury news ahead of Chargers-Jags. Field, what can you tell us about Mike Williams' status for Sunday and going forward? Yeah, Laura, if you know a Chargers fan, give him a hug right now because Chargers wide receiver Mike Williams has a small non-surgical fracture in his back in an injury that was suffered last weekend against the Denver Broncos that was, of course, a game that had no meaning for the Chargers playoff seating as they were locked into the fifth seat. He is out tomorrow against the Jaguars. He did not travel with the team across the country today. And according to Lindsey Theory, our great Chargers reporter, he could be out two to three weeks. So even if the Chargers do advance tomorrow night, they will likely be without one of their top offensive players into the following round because of this injury that, of course, took place last Sunday in Denver. Field Yates with us all day long with some crucial reports ahead of an enormous weekend in NFL action. You may have heard Marcus Spears as Field was giving that report just saying, oh, man. Uh, and <laughs> I get it. I feel the same way. Uh, Swagoo, what is your reaction? What's the impact to not having Williams on this Chargers offense against the Jags? Man, it's just you, – you, you just you, – you think about the explosive arm of Justin Herbert and who is his guy, the big receiver downfield to win the 50-50 balls. And we know in the playoffs, most of the time, these games are tight and you need players like this who give you a distinct advantage against defenders. Like, I, I just – it's so hard for the Los Angeles Chargers. It's, they went out this offseason, made a lot of uh, moves, acquired a lot of really good players. Injuries have derailed that. Obviously, J.C. Jackson on the defensive side. Now you got Mike Williams, who missed time earlier this year. Keenan Allen missed time earlier this year. That's why I got to give a lot of credit to um, Justin Herbert and this all and, and what they've been able to do to get to this point. So herein lies the result of this. You go back to Austin Eckler being heavily involved in the passing game. You go back to having to use him. And at times during the season, how we think about running backs, overuse right like how much is this guy going to be able to sustain throughout the season the result of that was because of the injuries to guys like Mike Williams and Keenan Allen but now you go into the playoffs without one of your explosive guys but more importantly when the defense is right when guys are covered Justin Herbert understood mm -hmm. that Mike Williams was still down there one-on-one, -on -one, and I'm going to give him a chance to make a play, and you lose that now in the most important part of the year. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. They're going to be less explosive. I still think, however, that they can be efficient on offense. Um, when yeah. these teams play at the beginning of the season, the Chargers didn't have Keenan Allen, and I actually think it might even be more important in this particular game because the Jaguars really struggle to defend the middle of the field. And, of course, that's where Keenan Allen does some of his best work. So with him in the game, then there's less attention paid to Josh Palmer, who had to play the Keenan Allen role last time, and he'll get some targets as well. And then the guy that I'm really looking at and I think might be key for the Chargers is Gerald Everett, their tight end. Uh, continuing on the trend of the Jaguars struggling to defend the middle of the field, they have the second-worst defense in terms of EPA per play against tight ends in the NFL. In the last game, Everett caught two of his six targets. This could come down to something as simple as, does Gerald Everett catch all of those balls? He's going to have to without Mike Williams. All of these secondary receivers for the Chargers are going to have to step up. You know, it, it's really unfortunate we keep having to talk about the fact that Mike Williams will not play. But I do want to address this, Marcus, because last week the Chargers are playing for nothing. It, there was nothing that could happen. They're already in the playoffs. They couldn't change their seating. You think Brandon Staley should have played Mike Williams? <laughs> the, 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 the answer is no, he shouldn't have, Boogie. Um, but being in this league nine years, some coaches' philosophies are different. And I know fans don't want to hear that because we're sitting here hindsight 2020 with Mike Williams not playing. Um, and, and we also thinking about the implications that that has on the rest of the playoffs. So, no, he shouldn't have played him. But it's also another part of this where you go throughout your week. Let me take people in the locker room and during a week like this. Guys, we're going to try to get some work. We're going to play this game so we can stay in rhythm. We're going to get we're going to go out and try to put our best foot forward because that's what we do as football players. I'm not saying this right before people start tweeting us and going crazy on mm. us. I'm just saying that these are the conversations based on who you're differentiating between head coaches. Some guys would have set their entire crew out. Some guys would have played a few guys. And then you have this situation where you play the starters. Now, here's the reverberation of that, though. You will be blamed, Brandon Staley, if you don't win this game. And it may cost you your job. I know it's harsh to say that, but it may very well cost him an opportunity to continue to coach this football team because, look, now we are sitting here with 2020 vision. We understand what has transpired with the explosive nature of what, they, what Mike Williams is. He's a $100 million receiver as well. So when you get to this point, everything is elevated. Even the decision making from front offices and general managers and especially owners. So I would I want to see one, how they play against Jacksonville Two, how is this offense affected by that? Because he'll be getting evaluated by offensive production based on this Mike Williams not being available. Yeah, you know, it, you're right. I think, Marcus, that's really important perspective for people to understand, too, because the knee-jerk reaction is to just say, well, he shouldn't have played and all of that. All right, let's yeah. pick this game, Chargers-Jags. Marcus, you go first. Who are you taking? Oh, y'all, <laughs> I'm taking the Chargers, okay? But I'm stressed out. I'm stressed out. Because remember, these two teams play early in the season, and they had injuries. Coincidentally, we just finished the whole segment on a, on a key injury for the Los Angeles Chargers. The Jacksonville Jaguars beat the Chargers 38-10 to 10 earlier mm. this season. Now, I know it's been a lot of football played up until this point. I know things have changed. Keenan Allen, to Mina's point, wasn't there and, and wasn't available. But I'm taking the Chargers because of the resiliency of Justin Herbert. Listen, this yes. we thought I thought that this team would be a Super Bowl favorite, a contender. We at a point now 
where they've gotten into the playoffs, missing half their damn team all season. Point. So I'm going to give them credit and give them a win in this one. <laughs> I'm scared, though. I'm also taking the Chargers. Uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Justin Herbert, when these teams had just gotten – like crunched, literally, right? So ribs. his ribs were had just come off that injury. I think yeah. um, he's going to play a lot better than he did in that game. But really, for me, guys, this is about the defense. Um, Brandon Staley has yes. been together yes. really good game plans against some of the best offenses in the NFL. They have Joey Bosa back, who was lost in the first quarter of that game. I think this Chargers defense is going to be the best unit on the field in this game. I'm very nervous about this with the Mike Williams injury, but uh, I'm going with L.A. You know what, guys? I'm going with the Jags, and I'm not nervous at all because I think we okay. have not seen the okay. Jaguars team totally put it together the way that I believe they're capable of, especially offensively. You know, to be totally honest, last week against the Titans, we're sitting there going, come on, they're making mistakes right and left. What is if happening? If they just yeah. stop yeah. making some of those mistakes, if Trevor Lawrence plays the way that he can sometimes, Doug Peterson can game plan with the best of them. I think the Jaguars win. Also, I want to say that RC picked the Chargers, and I just want to come clean about something. If you're wondering where Ryan Clark is. It's my fault. He was with us before the show started, and then I told him to go outside you want to, see the background. to show me the scenery where he is, and now he has lost connection, and it's all my fault. So, RC, I'm sorry. We're working on those He lose connection at home, too. Hopefully, we'll get him back. Instead, we'll he got 1980 internet. Yeah, we'll just say uh, what no. Ryan was going to say for the rest of the show. Here's Phil Yates. New on NFL Live, Phil, you got an update for us related to the Rams. What's going on? Yeah, this is significant news, Laura, and it's courtesy of our own Diana Rossini, who reported just before we got onto the air that Rams head coach Sean McVay has decided to return to the team for the 2023 season. Of course, McVay has contemplated walking away from coaching with opportunities that could include a career in television, something he has been open about in the past, but there was some uncertainty about his future until now as Sean McVay will return to try to turn things back around for the Rams, who after winning the Super Bowl last season, went 5-12 this year. Those 12 losses are the most losses by any defending champion in NFL history. So Sean McVay will be a part of the Rams' effort to get things back on track. There are just five head coaching vacancies as the Rams will not have any turnover. You know what, Coach? Uh, TV will always be here. So do your thing. We love that you're yes. back. It's going to be great. Okay, we're just getting started here on NFL Live. I'm told Ryan Clark may be back, so you don't want to miss that. Does the weather in San Francisco Saturday call for turnovers and fluke plays? Well, a crucial forecast coming your way, and Marcus explains why Seattle must win outside matchups. Plus, with Lamar out against the Bengals, pressure looms over that Baltimore defense, but Mina says the Ravens know how to get to Joe Burrow. She'll explain. NFL Live is presented by Intuit TurboTax. Come to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Let our experts do them for you. Look at him. There he is. RC, I'm sorry. I made you go outside. Now you're back, though. That's a beautiful, clear picture. <laughs> we can't hear you. Oh, no. <laughs> What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. 
Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Coming this week on NFL Countdown, before their Super Bowl pursuits begin, we're going all access with Joe Burrow, Nick Bosa, Trevor Lawrence, and Kirk Cousins. Plus, an inside look at the pregame tradition that bonds Buffalo and the Bills together. Where else would you rather be than right here, right now? In Western New York, they love their football, and if you love football, you're going to love playing in front of them. Spend your Super Wildcard weekend with us on NFL Countdown Saturday and Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN. We appreciate you watching NFL Live. Limelight is brought to you by Corona Extra. Find the fine life. Live la vida mas fina. So now it's official. Skylar Thompson will start against Buffalo. Mike McDaniel said Teddy Bridgewater was doing everything he could to find a way to play, dealing with the pinky finger injury, but couldn't make it happen. Tua Tungabailoa remains in concussion protocol, so Thompson making his third career start in a must-win wildcard game. Let's go through some matchups to watch in Dolphins-Bills. RC, you're up first. Well, listen, I'm thinking about what Tredavious White is going to do against Tyreek Hill. When you saw in the last game, even though there was two Tonga Valoa, this was a major matchup and a pivotal one. If he can get loose on Tredavious White, if he can get over the top, as we saw him do in the last meeting between these guys, maybe it gives Skylar Thompson a couple of easy throws to try to move the football. If they can't get that going, then this team is in bigger trouble than even we think already. Going with another cornerback wide receiver matchup, Xavier Howard versus Stephon Diggs. This is always job number one versus Buffalo. Make Josh Allen beat you, throwing to people not named Stephon Diggs. You know the Dolphins are going to send pressure. You know they're going to lean on Xavier Howard in man coverage. Last time these teams played, he actually held Diggs to two, two catches for about 20 yards when he covered him. Going to need more of the same for the Dolphins to have a chance in pulling off this upset. Okay, I'll get to the most important part of the football game, the trenches. I'm guy Christian Wilkins against Mitch Morris, Sappho, Bates, whoever he lines up on. He's been a menace in the run game. He's been a menace at getting to the passer and pressing the pocket. Christian Wilson, Wilkins I'm talking about. And Mitch Morris is one of the best in the business. So I look forward to seeing this trench battle, especially with Josh Allen, who loves to escape, who loves to press up in the pocket. The big fella, will you win? Or will the Buffalo Bills be able to keep him clean? 
that game has so many interesting matchups. Good job, guys. All right, now we get to talk some weather. This makes me really happy because I wanted to be a meteorologist in one point of my life. All right, Seahawks 49ers, and look at that. Saturday's forecast, heavy rain and windy. Here's what head coaches Kyle Shanahan and Pete Carroll had to say about the forecast for tomorrow's game. I always think bad weather um, slows the game down and equalizes stuff. But, um, I, I mean, when it's one game, three and a half hours in the playoffs, I look at all games as equal. I mean, I, I know we're favored, stuff like that. I, I know what people say, but um, this is the NFL. Weather's the same for both of us. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's, it's fortunate, you know, I know on our end of it that we do feel good about the running game and that we can go to, to it as, as the rain can be a determining factor sometimes and, you know, how much you can handle the ball throwing and catching wise. So we'll see what happens. But um, uh, I feel, you know, I know that we're both in, in the right vein to, to be prepared for this. You know, I was trying to decide what I was going to wear tomorrow. I think I'm going to go with Pete Carroll's look. The backwards hat, just looking like a whole vibe. Uh, RC, so which team does rainy, windy weather actually favor in this one? The San Francisco 49ers, when you look at the way that this team is built with short passes, enjoying uh, success in the run game, and also from the defensive standpoint, this is a team when you think of Greenlaw, Fred Warner, that front four, that they could stop the run of the Seattle Seahawks and put this game on Geno Smith, where offensively the San Francisco 49ers understand getting yards after the catch, getting the football out of Brock Purdy's hands very quickly, and defensively the Seattle Seahawks aren't put together as the Miko Ryan's groups is on the other side. So I look forward to seeing what adjustments Kyle Shanahan makes offensively to where they can use the run games and those skill players and then what does this what do the Seattle Seahawks do once that run is stopped by this great San Francisco 49ers defense RC if you need me to come get you out of there blink like 20 times fast or something I'll come get you dog listen I'm going to the outside I got a, I got a ransom note right here guys <laughs> stop it <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to the outside matchup, and I'm going to focus on, on DK Metcalf. And listen, y'all quit clowning. We're trying to work. Quit clowning. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm going outside to DK Metcalf, and I know what the weather is, but I just don't think, even if you're Pete Carroll and you love to run the football, I don't think you can line down and think that you're just going to turn yards against the San Francisco defense. And when you find those one-on-one -on -one matchups with DK on the outside, he has to win. They did a phenomenal job of defending him. He actually got an offensive PI against them, uh, San Francisco in that game, but he's a big body guy. You might you feel comfortable with trying to get him one-on-one -on -one and make those plays. So when you get those opportunities in man-to-man -man and you are Geno, you need to look for DK and see if he can make some of those plays. This is the guy that can flip the script, I believe, and, and just be above the X's and O's for the Seattle Seahawks. You know, there's a lot of familiarity between these two teams, which makes this game even that much more interesting. So, Mina, what does the Seahawks' defense need to do differently from what they did last game? Well, for starters, Seattle needs to make sure this game is in Brock Purdy's hands because if the ball gets into the hands of the San Francisco playmakers, especially in this weather, they're not as good of a tackling team as San Francisco, to Ryan's point. Now, the question for me is, when it is in Brock Purdy's hands, can you pressure him? Because the last time these teams played, Seattle only pressured him on like 14.8% of dropbacks he had all day long. Uh, now, that's where I think things get interesting. Seattle is not a blitzing team. They blitz at amongst the lowest rates in the NFL. 
But they did have a few successful blitzes in this game. They sent Quandre Diggs once and it rattled Purdy. And I'll be curious to see if they break tendency a little bit and try to catch him by surprise with the blitz. Not a lot, hmm. not all out, but just more than usual. Because if they can, I think they have a chance of staying in it. And by the way, we're all picking the 49ers. I'm not changing because if the curse is true, then it's good for Mina. So there we go. We're all in the 49ers. By the way, <laughs> I booked our flights. Marcus, Mina, we're flying to go save our sea after the show. So everybody get ready to go. We're going to we go going? rescue our guy. <laughs> That's Don't good worry. news because he's getting his passport photo taken right after this. <laughs> a better background than CBS. <laughs> All right, still to come. You want to surprise your friends while you're watching the wild card games this weekend? Well, you're going to sound really smart. After you hear our under-the-radar players we think could ball out. It's all coming your way next. You're watching NFL Live, presented by Intuit TurboTax. Work harder. Work harder. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Pre-game headquarters is brought to you by Domino's. Get a taste of variety when you order off the Domino's mix and match menu. Almost time for Super Wild Card Weekend. The Ravens taking on the Bengals Sunday. They're officially without Lamar Jackson, so he now misses his sixth straight game after being ruled out. We'll get to Lamar's clearing of the air on his injury via Twitter in a moment, but first, as it specifically relates to Sunday's game, Field Yates back with us in the Domino's pregame headquarters. And Field, what can you tell us about the Ravens' plan at QB on Sunday? Yeah, well, Laura, as you just mentioned, Lamar Jackson will be out after missing his 18th consecutive practice today for the Ravens. Meanwhile, Tyler Huntley upped his participation to full today in practice. So that suggests that all signs continue to point towards Tyler Huntley being back under center for the Ravens on Sunday night against the Bengals with Anthony Brown as his backup. Of course, Brown started last week's game as the team took a bigger picture approach and sat both Huntley and also tight end Mark Andrews, but we expect them to have the guy they call Snoop Huntley on Sunday night facing off against the Bengals for the second time in seven days. Yeah, you know, if you're wondering the difference between the Ravens quarterback options, well, I think this really tells you how it actually looks. According to ESPN Analytics, Baltimore's chances of winning against the Bengals drops to 19% with Huntley instead of Lamar. If Huntley can't play, that number drops to just 11% with Brown. 
So here's the tweet where Lamar ruled himself out that we're referring to, writing, thank you everyone for your support and concerns regarding my injuries. I want to give you all an update as I am in the recovery process. I've suffered a PCL grade two strain sprain, excuse me, on the borderline of strain three. There's still inflammation surrounding my knee. My knee remains unstable. I'm still in good spirits as I continue with treatments on the road to recovery. I wish I could be out there with my guys more than anything, but I can't give 100% of myself to my guys and fans. I'm still hopeful we still have a chance. RC, John Harbaugh said today he didn't know Lamar was going to tweet that last night. What came to your mind when you saw the tweet? That Lamar's trying to clear some of the air, Laura. And when you think about this team and the way that John Harbaugh has kind of handled some of these press conferences, the, well, I don't know what's going on with Lamar, and kind of the solemn and somber attitude that he had, it was starting to make us ask questions about Lamar Jackson and his willingness to play, how much he wanted to be out there with his teammates, how much the contract was playing into him making a decision to stay on the sideline. And I think with telling you so specifically what's going on with his knee, he he now knows that people can sort of understand or people can sort of be on his side of this whole thing. I will say this, in 2005, I sprained my PCL and in the preseason, I missed the first few games of that season and for the rest of the year, I was never quite right. So I understand how I'm difficult right, these yeah. things can be to come back from and when much, much of your game is about mobility as it is Lamar Jackson and also understanding the way that this game will be weighed as it pertains to his contract. If he doesn't go out and play well because of his injury they're going to say well you missed five games you weren't healthy in the playoffs and again we don't advance so we can't give you what you think you deserve Lamar Jackson's not playing that game by not playing in this playoff game yeah you put it in really valuable context there RC the other thing that stuck out to me is him saying the knee is unstable that just Gives you the picture. He should not be playing if that's the case, which is obviously the case. So let's dive into the game now here. How does Baltimore limit Joe Burrow? The Ravens defense has had some success against Burrow in the Bengals offense this season, especially when they played zone coverage. Burrow has posted a QBR of just 15 against the Ravens when they play zone, averaging less than six yards per pass attempt. They've used it on 66% of his dropbacks in the two games they've played. Overall, Baltimore holding opposing quarterbacks to the fifth lowest QBR when playing zone this season, but those numbers against Burrow really pop out. Amina, why does that work so well against him? Yeah, that's why it's such a shame that Lamar's not playing because I think the Ravens mm. defense plays Joe Burrow as well as any defense in the NFL. Um, you saw those zone numbers of the course yeah. of the season in week 18. They didn't, I don't, I think they played maybe like a handful of snaps in man, they are not going to let them get those explosives on the sidelines that they do against other teams. They show pressure and drop out a lot, and then they disguise their coverage so much against Burrow. When they did disguise coverage in this game, he averaged 2.86 yards per attempt and completed 50% of his passes. They muddy the picture for him in a way that most defenses really can't. Now, I will say they've played twice, and the fact that Burrow has seen this a couple of times I think helps him since this is the third time. But it still will be a good matchup because ever since this defense traded yeah. for Roquan Smith, they have been extremely sound. Man.
And yeah, let me get my sisters back before they start coming. Last year when the Cincinnati Bengals played the Ravens and Joe Burrow went crazy, it was a different defensive coordinator. MK, I'm just covering your back because I know it's coming. Oh, you don't remember when they did all of that against <laughs> that defense? It was a totally different guy. He coaches for the New York Giants <laughs> now too. by the name of Wink Martindale. Let me let me let me let me let me go to uh to piggyback on your point though, MK. The, the thing that you said was disguised because we talked about Joe Burrow all season long and his ability to diagnose, but his willingness to hit check downs, right, to get the ball out of his hand quickly and also how he maneuvers the pocket. I remember we were all sitting there when Roquan mm. Smith signed with the Baltimore Ravens and we talked about the impact that that would have. I would give you yeah. double A gap looks. I would make sure that you not only challenge protection from the center and that communication up front, but even if you add a blitzer, which Roquan is one of the best from the middle linebacker position, you go and force Joe Burrow to make quick decisions. Don't let me see Jamar Chase out there one-on-one, -on -one, head-topping somebody, mm -mm. and y'all just sitting back trying to figure out what's going on. I don't think that'll be the case, but that's what they should do in my opinion. And by the way, the Bengals can make some history. They're seeking to win a playoff game in consecutive seasons for the first time in franchise history. They're the only team in the league that hasn't done it yet. Okay, everybody. New segment alert. This one's called Put Some Respect on His Name. We're going to highlight a player you may not have heard of that's going to make a major impact on the game this weekend. Marcus, get your jacket right because we got to get going with this. Put some respect Birdman style on the name. Uh, go ahead. Who's Ooh. first? Oh, Swagoo, go. I'm going Ryan Neal. I'm going Ryan Neal from the Seattle Seahawks. He had a, he's playing very well, number one. We've talked about this young secondary. We've talked about the guys that are able to cover for this team and kind of is a big part of why Seattle was able to make a little bit of a resurgence. I just can't help but think about if Jamal Adams was still a part of this. But Ryan Neal has been making plays. We, we talk about Tariq Woolen on the outside a lot this season, but Neal is another player everybody should watch. He can have an impact on this game. Okay, I've got a true dark horse. Isaiah Hodgins, wide receiver for the New York Giants. They picked him up on the waivers, and he has been tremendous for them. Watching the last time these two teams played, he went off. His size allows him to be a big target in the red zone, but he can separate. He cooked Pat Peterson with a double move. I'm telling you, do not be surprised if he has another big game in the playoffs against Minnesota. I'm going. I'm going with. I'm going with Rashad White. And Rashad White was at Arizona State last year with my son. I know what this kid can do, and he can kind of bring a Tony Pollard element to the run game of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that we saw go off in Week One against the Dallas Cowboys. And there are going to be questions about Tom Brady. They're going to be asking, "Is he finished or is he done?" And like Birdman said, you better put respect on Tom Brady's name too. But in order to do that, Rashad White has to get some huge plays in the run game. One more time for the people. We put some respect on their it name. It takes my brother to bring it home. It takes <laughs> him to bring it home. Forget the CT. It's a K. Respect on that name. There's more of that coming, by the way. We're going to put some respect. some respect on the other side of the league later. Coming up, Cowboys Bucks on Monday night. Fascinating. Will this be the last time we see Brady? How does the outcome affect Mike McCarthy's future? RC tells us why it all comes down to how disciplined the Cowboys are. You're watching NFL Live, presented by Intuit TurboTax. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And 
Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We got all kinds of coverage coming your way for Monday Night Football. Cowboys and Buccaneers capping off Super Wild Card Weekend. Of course, you can see it all there, 8 Eastern on ABC ESPN and ESPN Plus. Mega cast over on ESPN2 with Peyton and Eli in Spanish Deportes, Spanish language version on ESPN Deportes. Also, NFL Live will be out there from 3 to 5 on Monday right here on ESPN. You don't want to miss all of that. All right, so let's get to the actual game with our great reporters, Ed Werder with the Cowboys, Jenna Lane with the Bucks. He got us covered all week in the lead-up to this game. Ed, take it away. What's the latest there? Yeah, Laura, even as his interception total increases, Dak Prescott's confidence never seems to waver. Even as he approaches what he acknowledged a short time ago outside the Cowboys locker room is a playoff game against Tom Brady and the Bucs that's more important than any of the four other postseason games he started. And that's not only because Prescott's 1-3 in, in playoff games, the same record as predecessor Tony Romo at this point in his career, but because the Cowboys quarterback is the first in NFL history to tie for the league lead in interceptions while missing five games. His worst games this season have been against the Bucs in Week 1, and in the game he played last week, a 20-point loss to Washington. Until now, interceptions have been uncommon. Prescott begins the postseason, though, with a seven-game interception streak, the longest of his career. I've been able to put it behind me. Um, as you just said, when something's uncharacteristic, uh, it's about getting back and doing the things that, that you know um, who you are, and that's the study and that's the preparation. Um, that's making sure I'm doing the thing, um, everything I need to mentally uh, to leave no doubt that um, I respond the right way, and that's really uh, all I know how to do. So, uh, yeah, that's behind me. While talking to teammates Ezekiel Elliott, CeeDee Lamb, Zach Martin, there's nothing but the highest level of confidence in Prescott. When I asked Elliott about it, he said, when you put in all the work and leave nothing to doubt, there's no reason for you to lose confidence. You built that through continuous repetition, through continuous hard work. He said, I know he's ready. And as for Prescott, he's not intimidated in the least by the magnitude of the game or nervous about the potential for this 12-win season to come to an abrupt end, saying you've got to love being in games like this, and if you don't, this league and this sport, this isn't the place for you. For the latest on Tom Brady and the Bucks, here's Jenna Lane. Thanks, Ed.
Bucks inside linebacker Levante David wrote on the team's dry erase board inside their locker room, new season, one nothing. That's the attitude this group is taking after squeaking into the playoffs, becoming just the sixth team in NFL history to reach the postseason with a losing record. And of those teams, none of them advanced farther than the divisional round. But of course, getting to the divisional round means they must first have to go through the Dallas Cowboys. Here's what quarterback Tom Brady had to say today about about facing the Cowboys. It's not the best team that wins, it's a team that plays the best wins. So it doesn't matter, uh, you know, I was a part of a team that won every game until the Super Bowl and we didn't play the best that day and we lost. And, you know, you don't end up reaching your goal. So I've been on the other end of it where I was a big underdog in my first year starting against the Rams and we played better than they did that day. But that's all that matters. That's, that's what single elimination is all about. You gotta be at your best in that moment. And one could argue that no one has been better in those moments than Brady, particularly in crunch time. In five of the team's eight victories this year, the Bucks were either tied or trailing in the fourth quarter. And I asked safety Logan Ryan about that, and he, of course, was Brady's teammate for four seasons in New England. And he said he's good in those moments because he's good every day. And he added, I don't think there's any quarterback in the league I would want at my side other than Tom Brady. Laura. Yeah, Jenna, when you think about Tom Brady's bio and clutch has got to be in there somewhere. Thanks to Jenna and Ed for joining us here. We'll see you guys in Tampa Bay in just a couple days. Uh, Marcus, you're on cam. I don't know if that was like, I don't know if you're like sad or what's going on. But I hear y'all. I know I'm on camera. Oh, I know I'm on camera. What's I'm the key stressed. for the Cowboys defense? I'm stressed out. <laughs> Versus Brady. I know I'm on camera, damn it. Everybody telling me in my ear I'm on camera. I know. I'm stressed out. We're just making sure you didn't right, pick your nose or something. let me get to my analysis. No, let me get to my analysis, Boogie. Okay? <laughs> Sorry. This is what I'm going to need. And let me talk to Dan Quinn. Because, Dan Quinn, I need you to, to hear me and hear me good. The two times in the first matchup when you start putting Michael Parsons on the line of scrimmage as an edge rusher, he got two sacks. One came after an interception where the Tampa was in their own territory. He was able to sack him in hold him to a field goal. It would have been more out of hand than 19-3 in that first game. And then the other thing is this too. Like we know what the deficiencies are of Tom Brady and this offensive line. And we've said it for years, the center of the pocket, right? So when he's not coming off the edge, Dan Quinn, and when you want to put him off the line of scrimmage, please mug him up in the A-gap so you can challenge protection and still blitz him at times or pull him out so he can work on those checkdowns that we know Tom Brady wants to do and get rid of the ball fast. That's what I would do if I was Dan Quinn. But this is the type of game where defensively, where you know where you're deficient at, you use your superstar to dictate things that you want to happen to you offensively. That's what I would do if I was Dan Quinn, and I hope the hell he listening. Yeah, I mean, you think about that, that's important. But also on the other side of this, you got to look at the team as a whole. Last year, the San Francisco 49ers were able to beat the Dallas Cowboys because they were undisciplined. There were penalties, right? There were turnovers. You didn't work well in the two-minute situations, whether it be at the end of the half or obviously the end of the game where you're not in, in, a, in a position to spike the football. What is How well is Mike McCarthy going to have his team prepared? Are you going to keep the top on the defense? Are you going to stay on sides when blitz are called? Is Michael Parsons going to be able 
able to keep contain and not allow the quarterback to get outside the pocket, even though it's Tom Brady, not allow the quarterback to manipulate the pocket and push the football down the football field. Will Dak Prescott protect the football from interceptions offensively? There are so many things that go into this game, but the bottom line is this. On paper, the Dallas Cowboys should beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If they play disciplined football, they have the players to do that. Will this team be prepared to do so? And I think that's why Mike McCarthy's seat gets hot if they lose, because they know they have the people. Are they coached up to execute? You know, Marcus, uh, Stephen A. Smith wanted me to share this with you just to stress you out a little bit more. So the Cowboys have lost eight straight road playoff games. Their last road win in the playoff game... I'm trying to be we serious. We don't have to do this here. Happened back in 1992, the NFC Championship game. I think I was four years oh old Oh, my then. gosh. I know. Isn't that nuts? Okay. Ooh. Anyway, we'll let you guys go, go marinate on that. I'm, I'm getting to Mina now. Go ahead. Mina, it's time for DraftKings Sportsbook Same Game Parlay. <laughs> Over, under, one and a half passing touchdowns for Joe Burrow this weekend. Yeah. I'm going under here. He's had one each of the times these teams played. And per our discussion earlier about how well the Ravens defense plays Joe Burrow, I think he'll force him to work his way up and down the field. Now, I still have the Bengals winning. I just think when they get into the low red zone, they're going to run the ball. So give me under. Over or under five and a half receptions for Tyreek Hill? So this might be surprising. I'm actually going over, even though Skylar Thompson is the quarterback, and here's why. I expect Mike McDaniel to try to use Tyreek Hill horizontally to force feed him the ball a little bit against this Bills defense. He has not received a lot of targets lately because of the issues at quarterback. I think they'll make some adjustments to get the ball in his hands in space. Okay, one more. Over under four and a half receptions for DK Metcalf. I think this is under. Uh, they tried to feed DK last time these teams played. Chavarius Ward and the Niners did a terrific job playing defense against him. I think Seattle will recognize the way to beat San Francisco is to throw at the cornerbacks not named Chavarius Ward. I expect Tyler Lockett to get more receptions in this one. All right, we're going to do a wellness check on Marcus Spears during the commercial break. Make sure he's all good to go <laughs> after that Cowboys segment. we got a lot more coming your way. We're not done yet on NFL Live. Captain Kirk and the Vikings host their first playoff game since the Minnesota Miracle. Find out which playmaker Mina has being the difference maker. It's all coming your way next. We going up like what? We going up like what? We going up like what? Trying to knock me down when I'm back up love. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. 
better because it has to be. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And this week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Download the app and use code NFL Live when you sign up. NFL Live is presented by Intuit TurboTax. Come to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Let our experts do them for you. So glad you're with us on this wild Friday. Uh, let's get some respect on some more people's name, okay? Forget the CT, do the K. We're going to highlight a player that may not be mainstream necessarily, but going to have a big impact this week in AFC matchups or where we go. Marcus, what about Dolphins Bills? Yeah, so I'm going Zach Seiler, defensive tackle for the Miami Dolphins. The big guy is a real force in the interior. And I know sometimes we get caught up in guarding numbers, but he's a very important part to what they do from a defensive standpoint. And has the ability to push the pocket and get after the quarterback. He's one of those guys where we may be saying his name if we find Miami in this game late to have an opportunity to make a play. Mm. Okay, we talk a lot about first-round draft picks, Josh Allen, Trevon Walker. I am here to tell you to put some respect on <laughs> Arden Key, who is one of my favorite players on this very fun defensive line. Uh, Jaguars defensive line does so much cool stuff with overloads, guys dropping into coverage, different kinds of blitzes. Arden Key is the chess piece that defensive coordinator Mike Caldwell moves around for all of those different looks. He is extraordinarily disruptive. He creates sacks for other players, and he will give this Chargers offensive line problems this weekend. I love I love Cam Taylor Britt, the young cornerback from the Cincinnati Bengals. This was a guy that was going to be thrust into starting over Eli Apple, but has been the starter since Chidobe Awuzie has been injured, and he's done an amazing job. He's been phenomenal in coverage. We've watched him come up and make tackles, and what's going to happen with a dude like him when you replace a star like Chidobe Awuzie? They're going to be asking, what happened to that boy? And that's exactly what Birdman <laughs> asked the Clips. You better put some respect on his name. Let's go. Bring it home for us, RC. Thank you. As we continue to get you ready for Super Wild Card Weekend, let's go to the Vikings and the Giants, featuring a couple teams that pull off wins in the final seconds of games this season. In fact, you see right there, that's the last time they played. Remember, the Vikings beat the Giants on that last-second field goal, so we turn our attention to the Vikings' offense versus this Giants' defense. And the last time they met in Week 16, Kirk Cousins threw more than half of his yards against the Blitz, as well as a season-high nine first downs. It's been a trend for the Vikings QB who has turned it around against the Blitz this season. Since week 12, Cousins QBR against the Blitz has improved by over 35 points. He's averaged nearly three more yards per attempt. The Giants defense finished this season with the highest Blitz rate in the league. We know they love to do it. So, RC, you think the Giants should pull back on the Blitz this time against Cousins? Yeah, yes, indeed. Listen, when I got to Wyoming, right, I was trying to figure out why don't we call a, a gang of moose meese? That doesn't make sense to me, right? Why not meese? Because goose is geese. Never mind. I'm off the subject. But what I'm saying is this. Sometimes you got to change up. Sometimes you got to think outside the box. And thinking outside of the box for defensive coordinator Wink Martindale is going to the zone. Go back and watch the Green Bay film. Then watch the Dallas Cowboys film. It was about full pressure, getting out and making Kirk Cousins figure out what zone you were in. What happens in Blitz is he knows where number 18 is, and I'm going to get the ball to him. He finds that one-on-one -on -one matchup just like he did in overtime on a sail route, and then he got the quick screen, and that's what put the Minnesota Vikings in field goal position. 
faux pressure, show pressure, but no pressure. If you're a Wink Martindale, you have to be smart and check the tendencies. I'm looking at four people in this game. I'm looking at the defensive front for the New York Giants. They can actually win this football game for the New York Giants. If they are all on the same page, to RC's point, if you don't have to commit guys to blitz, and even though we know Wink Martindale would do it from time in and time out, if these four men rush between Dexter Lawrence and obviously all of these guys up front, Kayvon Thibodeau, Leonard, like uh, uh, Ojolari, all of these guys need to have a meeting this week and say, guys, if we are going to advance in the playoffs, it will be the defensive line that will be the difference. And I'm not just talking about stopping the run. I'm not just talking about getting after the passer. I'm also talking about when you run screen game with Dalvin Cook. They have to be in the mix. They have to identify what's, what, what Minnesota is trying to do to them and let the back end be able to play free and commit the most guys that they can in order to defend these pass catchers. And we may be sitting here with a different result than most of America thinks. I think we are all in agreement that it really starts up front for New York because I've been trying to puzzle out how the Giants can not only contain Justin Jefferson, but also TJ Hawkinson. That was such a problem for them last time mm -hmm. these teams played. Because even if you're able to contain Justin Jefferson, as some teams have done, whether that's pressing him, giving your cornerback safety help, T.J. Hawkinson is a problem, especially for a Giants defense that's been the second worst in the NFL at stopping tight ends in terms of EPA per play. The last time these teams played, Hawkinson had 16 targets. Whoa. He got 13 of them. If he approximates that in this game, it's hard for me to see the Vikings not putting up more points on the board. Oh, that's great. All right, so we're going to see all of our picks at once, and that's because there are three of us here on the Vikings, one of us picking the Giants. Uh, Marcus, quickly, why? I'm taking the Giants because of what I just said. I think this defensive line is going to dictate a lot about how this game is played. And we've seen, y'all, like we talked about it earlier in the week, Minnesota, when Justin Jefferson is under 90 yards, average 18 points a game, and they're 3-3. Three and three. I, will, I refuse to believe that Wink Martindale is going to let Justin Jefferson dominate this football game. All right, we'll see you Monday from Tampa as we get ready for Super Wild Card Weekend, the finish of it on Monday. Enjoy. We come and get you, RC. We coming. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply.